0: Sorry, I'm just pulling up the stats here. No, no worries. All good. Love to have the stats. Okay. Welcome to checking out the competition, New York Rangers. We are joined once again by friend of the pod, Tom Ertz, who was just uh, with us talking about the Las Vegas Golden Knights, but he's back to talk about the Rangers. Tom, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. How about you?
0: Not bad, not bad. So... Um, I totally forgot that the Flyers have played the Rangers already because I am, I think just periodically my brain is erasing entire swaths of the season because it's no use in retaining any of this information. But, um, the Flyers played the Rangers back on November 1st. It was a one, nothing loss to the Rangers in overtime since then, if my math is correct, which is always a dubious proposition, the Rangers have gone 10 and eight, uh, up until this game against the Flyers, um, what's the last month been like for the Rangers, Tom?
1: So the last month for the New York Rangers has been like any typical uh, New York Rangers season that I can remember, where you have this brief period of chaos where the sky is falling, the sky is falling, everything sucks, we're screwed. And then you have a stretch of which the most recent stretches they've won five games in a row. Um, it all pretty much started this month started off with a bear of back-to-back losses in on back-to-back days versus the senators and the Blackhawks who the Rangers will be playing after the Flyers and the Blackhawks are in this terrible stretch where it's like they've lost all of these games and that one lone bright spot is when they beat the Rangers. So when you're losing a team like the Senators and the Blackhawks, um, you know, you're really doing something wrong. But lo and behold, they've beaten the Blues, they've beaten the Golden Knights, the Avalanche, the Devils, and last night the Toronto Maple Leafs. And um now they're gonna be taking on the Flyers and it can go either very good um or it can go very bad because it's you know, a a trap game that is coming at the best or worst time, depending on your persuasion.
0: So I'm glad you mentioned um, that it's been a bit bonkers over the last month for the Rangers, because um, just, you know, being on social media, seeing Rangers fans kind of talking about the team, um, it did kind of seem like everyone was losing their mind there for a minute, which was interesting because uh, I think that most people expected the Rangers to be pretty good. And they're they're not bad. They're right now in the first wild card spot. So playoff team, a um, lot of good players. What was it exactly that was causing fans to lose their mind over the last month or so?
1: So it's funny. I, I think it was um, like Charlie that tweeted um, something of like, why are Rangers fans, like, losing their minds? Like, look yeah. at all this talent that they have. And, and you know, it's like, whereas, like, look at the Flyers, like, say no more. But, like, the thing with, with the Rangers and what is interesting is that all of last year and it spills over into the playoffs and you ask anyone, uh, um, you know, covering the league from a more of a broad perspective, it's like, okay, look at the Rangers. Like they have a great goalie. They have these young kids. They have high-end talent like Artemi Panarin because of Jad, you know, so on and so forth. And the prevailing belief with them is like, Oh, this is a tale as old as time. You have a team that's riding exceptionally good goaltending um, and a really amazing power play. And they're just having this success. Um. So, and the underlying numbers were completely terrible last year. You go to this year, the first two games of the seasons. It's like, oh wow, this team looks really good. You know, the the first month or so, you have really good underlying numbers, but the team's record did not reflect their play. So now they are looking like the team they were last year where the underlying numbers are shit but they're just finding ways to win. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really this sort of um kind of I don't want to say crisis. It's just sort of like this ever ongoing um what's the phrase that I'm I'm looking for. It's kind of like okay, on one hand you you want to have a team that has these really good underlying numbers that are playing the right way so that you can have a team that over the course of a season, they're going to win more than they're not. Or at the very least you're playing in a way that is more sustainable so that come playoff time, you just don't get absolutely pantsed and knocked out. But it's weird because even going back, I think it was earlier this week at the end of last week, um, you know, people covering the team were kind of asking, you know, Gerard Gallant about um, certain line combinations and stuff. And they're they're bringing up, like, you know, advanced stats and stuff. And he kind of bristles that. It's like, well, we have our own set of numbers and we track things a little bit differently. And one of the thoughts that, um, you know, some people who cover the team in the blogosphere, or at least last year, is that... One of the reasons the Rangers' underlying numbers were so bad is that they were that the belief was maybe the Rangers have decided, okay, we're okay with volume in the sense of we'll allow a lot of chances, but we're going to allow a lot of you know uh, low danger, medium chances at the expense of, of a high danger. So I don't know if I really believe that or not, but. It's just this interesting thing now where they are looking like the team they used to. And I kind of look at it as, okay, they've, they're they playing top-end competition. Now I'll be interested to see, okay, what do the numbers look like versus the Flyers, versus the Blackhawks again, um, the Penguins and the Islanders who are, you know, I would say medium good teams. Um, but it, it's just it's just so weird because obviously – you know, New York sports fans are never happy. You know, win, lose, you're driving. <laughs> Always a way to complain about things. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just weird right now. But the, when you win, at the end of the day, that's ultimately what all people care about. And, you know, uh, it's, we'll we'll see going forward.
0: Yeah, and like you said, right now they're winning. Um, won their last five. I'll just run through them real quick. A 6-4 win over St. Louis. A 5-1 to win over Vegas. A two to one shootout win over Colorado, a four to three overtime win over New Jersey, and a three to one win over Toronto. Those are uh good teams. those are pretty good teams. Um, and it looked like a lot of goal scoring was happening. So um has there been anyone in particular who's kind of turned it on over the last five games, or has it been more of a team thing?
1: So I would say if we were going to kind of tie it to one person um i think like philipito is someone who is a young player on the rangers that um he he's had like bad injury luck as long as he's been um in the league but he's recently returned to the lineup and you know now he's he's got seven goals eight assists 15 points on on the season Um, He scored in three of the last five, um, including um, last night versus Toronto and the previous game versus New Jersey, which he also added an an assist. Um, He scored against Vegas. And he's centering what was the third line, but it's now become the second line in in some respects in terms of time on ice with uh, Alexi Lafreniere on his left and Capo Caco on on the right. And that line in particular – has really picked it up and it's a situation where a lot of people and some, some rightly, some wrongly will, you know, like to dunk on the Rangers in the sense of that they have had these high end picks and have not really been able to develop them on the forward side. And it's like, Oh, they're really like, and a lot of it had to do with when, um, you know, Jack Eichel before he was traded to, Vegas, like there was a lot of talk of like, oh, the Rangers are going to try to trade for him from Buffalo, and you know, like there was this list of untouchable players, and it's like, oh, Alexi Lafreniere really untouchable, oh, Kako, really untouchable, like look at their numbers, and the defining factor and was like last night they score a power play goal, and they're on the Rangers' second power play unit, and that's because the first unit which generally plays a minute 30 of the two minutes you have Panarin you have Zabanajad, you have Adam Fox you have Chris Crowder and Vincent Trocek like if you have really good players that are able to execute on the power play but there's no room for any one of those kids and you know look at any recent draft look at the top end players more often than not they're going to a really bad team and they're being thrust into these opportunities where they're just able to play. They have no one else. And that is the, that is the main focus. Now, like, obviously there are Um, you know, and that's can be looked at as like rationalizing. That can be looked at as an excuse. Like I can see both sides of it. Like, you know, I look at it as there are things that they're doing well and there are things that they haven't done well, you know, since they've, they've joined the team. But right now they are some of the more valuable players on, on the squad and they're doing it with limited special teams um, at sometimes limited five on five time. Mm-hmm. But this is the kind of things you want to see in the case of this is um you know, year three and year four and year five. And for, for some of these players who are, you know, drafted within, you know, the recent years. So, um, I, I think that they're if they're kept together now and they were skating as the second uh, line in practice today, if that's something that continues, that can have really good, um, benefits for the Rangers. This is
0: kind of a, a random broad question. Um, So if you can't answer it, don't worry about it. But it just popped in my head. So, sure. I just think about a guy like, um, like Jack Hughes on the Devils. Obviously, like coming on, especially this season, like crazy, looking like one of the top players in the league. He seems to be for the Devils essentially like the main piece that's driving Mm -hmm. their success. One, one of one of a few, but one of the main ones. Um. Is there any worry for you as a Rangers fan that the team has all of this top end talent in Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider that are a little bit on the older side? And if, if they're keeping, which I think is kind of like the vibe that I was getting from your answer there. If they're kind of keeping guys like Kako and Lafreniere, not keeping them down, but like making them a less central piece to the success of the team. Do you worry that long-term that'll kind of put the Rangers at a disadvantage because these guys won't have learned how to be like the guy on a team?
1: I think yes and no. And the the best way I'll answer that is, and like this kind of sounds, you know, hyperbolic, but short of winning a Stanley Cup this year, there's going to be changes. And the reason I say that is because um, James Dolan is not very patient. Um, We all know how the Rangers were on this trajectory. And then he fires Jeff Gordon, he fires John Davidson. And then shortly after that, you know, David Quinn is fired at the end of the season. And then in comes a promotion for Chris Drury, and then comes, you know, hiring of Gerard Gallant. And prior to this win streak, You know, there were murmurs that the Rangers were or, you know, James Dolan was kind of, you know, like looking at this and there might have been a chance that and heck, there even still might be a chance that Gerard Gallant gets fired. Now, I think that's less likely now than it was prior to this. Um, But I definitely think that there's there's going to be decisions that have to be made just financially because you have guys that are going to be needing new contracts up this summer like Heedle someone who's going to be arbitration eligible and um he if he has the season he has going on he could put the team in a spot where he's able to contractually you know and get get a lot of money for them now the rangers haven't had a case go to arbitration since 2009 where they walked away from Nikolai Zhiradov who I believe after that ended up on the flyers I don't know if it was directly after that but it was there for a
0: minute yeah Uh yeah
1: (laughs) a long long way of saying is they they rarely go to arbitration but um I do think that we're starting to see a little bit of the changing of, of the guard in the sense that um Chris Kreider has been a top six player for the Rangers. And I would say that he's still considered a top six player for the Rangers and he's having a good season. But as of late, he's been used at least from 5 on 5 on the third line and away from Mika Zibanejad, someone you know who yeah. he's always played with. So I think that in a way that they're starting this sort of trial run of, okay, can we give the kids more, more space? Can we try and make them more of the focus? And if they are ultimately unsuccessful this season, then you will see a situation where it's like, okay, we need to move at least one or two people out so that we can give more of a run for these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I wouldn't even be surprised if if they then evaluate like, okay, maybe it is instead we do need to move – one of the kids for another kid. But I would hold caution on that because, you know, I look at cases of like, okay, Larry, um, Valerie Nikushkin with Colorado, you know, he was a top 10 pick with Dallas. He had a year where he didn't score a goal at all. He's let go. Colorado takes a chance on him and he just is blossomed and he signs an eight year deal after one year or, or, or one big year in Colorado. So, Again, like development is linear and, and yeah. it's in the sense of like, you know, Jack Hughes is exploding because he's a really talented player and they've been amping it up. Whereas I think if you have someone, whether it's Kako or year playing consistent top six minutes while also getting some power play times, just by function of, you know, randomness, you'll have maybe 10 or 15 more points in a, season and that completely changes someone from the outside's perception of oh this player is 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 coming along and i think also too is that we as hockey fans have become really spoiled in the sense of we had in a short span a lot of really good talent coming at the top of the draft you know whether it's austin matthews jack eichel connor mcdavid that you know you look back in history there, that's not always the case. And like, obviously this year it's going to be Connor Bedard, but this is just the normal ebbs and flows. And this is not to say that they're not talented players that they drafted. And, you know, anyone who says, oh, the Rangers shouldn't have drafted them. Like had the Rangers done something differently during their respective drafts, they would have been laughed at. They would have been laughed at. Like you know, the Red Wings were at the time or, oh, why are they picking most cider here? Like, this is such a galaxy brain thing it's it's you you're you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't but the long the short answer to a very long rambling is um i do think that after this season whatever happens there will be changes that will sort of sort themselves out
0: so you mentioned um that second slash third lines playing pretty well the second power play unit starting to turn it on um What's been going poorly for the Rangers in the last few games?
1: Um, What's been going poorly is, I would say, that um, obviously the underlying numbers have been really bad, and, and part of that has been primarily um, defense-related. Um, Jacob Trevor is having a god-awful season, and part of it is he's battling injuries but there's the you know the old saying like you know in all sports is if if you were playing then you can't use that as an excuse and he's playing so you know it's on him to figure it out and especially as the captain of this team a team that went several years without being captain um i would think that In games in November and December, you could have the, you know, the recognition to say, I am compromising my team. And in in some cases he's, you know, paired with a young defender who it's putting them in a bad spot because they're being evaluated for their play. And and in some cases, Truba is doing things that are exposing them. And, you know, they are, it's affecting how they're evaluated. So, um I would say that's like a big thing. Whereas a lot of the goals against, and it's it's funny, like and you know, even my uh my nephew who's gonna be 10, like you we, we watch the games together and it's I'll be out of the room and I'll come back and like oh goal against and he's like uh oh, truba again, truba again, and it's it's just always him. And I feel <laughs> bad for the guy. Um, but again, he's the captain, he's playing, he's actively deciding to play um and if he's going to be in the lineup like there's not much more you can really like say about that um but i would say that's the biggest thing because offensively things have been going well line construction has been decent um but yeah defensively you know and it's it's something that has been an issue with this team because they are actively deciding to Play people that um you kind of know how bad they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think of like uh like Micah's tweet about oh, one day NHL coaches will play young players who might be bad versus pl- uh veterans who they already know that they yes. are bad. God, the dream, so, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that like the two things like sum up the New York Rangers, that tweet and the the we may win, but we may die. Um those yeah. two things are, are things I just look at and go, yeah, this is it, 100%. Do
0: so you think there's anything else important going on with the Rangers right now that we should know about heading into this game?
1: Um, I'll be interested to see who's ultimately in goal. Um, the Rangers will be playing back-to-back, um, like I said earlier, and um, if it's Yarrow-Halak, that could make this game uh, a lot more interesting um, just because it's been a situation where he started eight games this year, he's won one game, lost six uh, in regulation, and one in overtime. Um, and that is a microcosm of the Rangers' season, whereas the inability to get wins from a backup goalie puts additional pressure on the starter. Um, that when they struggle you really have um, no breathing room. So yeah. um, that's the only thing that I would say, like, um, regarding the Rangers. But other than that, I I would say that I'm expecting this to be um, a little more lively than the 1-0 game we had earlier this season.
0: Here's hoping. I could use a, a little bit of a fun hockey game. Just no overtime, for the love of God.
1: Oh, no yeah. No overtime. Exactly.
0: Give me a final score for this game, Tom.
1: I'm going to go with a final score of four to two with an empty net goal.
0: I love this. Four-two Rangers, I'm guessing, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Four-two Rangers. Unless it's a lock, then it could really can go anyway.
0: <laughs> I am going to say, um, I'm going to this game. So for my own personal satisfaction, I would like to see something incredibly ridiculous, like a six to four Flyers win. Will this happen? No. Could the Flyers possibly score six goals in one hockey game? Almost certainly not, but I'm going to try to manifest it.
1: It was great to dream.
0: (laughs) It's all we got this season, Tom. Um, If you would like to, you can tell people where they can find you on the internet
1: sure. You can follow me, um, or find me on Twitter as long as it's, you know, around all, you know, that's, uh, up in the air these days, uh, at Tom Erich Jr. And then obviously, uh, I'm at Blue Shirt Banner and I'm also at, uh, Knights on Ice.
0: Tom, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope that the Flyers give us a good one and stay the hell away from the
1: overtime loss. Tom, I hope you enjoy the game too. Go Flyers.